Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What's up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to the Russ Parrcast. Uh, exciting show for you today. A potpourri of guests. That's right. We're going to be talking to Tamron Hall. Yes, of the Tamron Hall Show. She's got a new show. Also, we're going to talk to the directors of Kanye West's Genius documentary. Um, interesting doc if you haven't seen it. Also, I'm going to rant today. So, you guys hold on. Here we go. Let's start with our girl Tamron. Hi. You have like three seconds because my son is walking up to the car. He knew that I was talking to you. So, he's acting as the director and rapping you before you start to say anything inappropriate to me. <laughs> You know, well, before you start displaying your, your general disdain for me, I have to give you a proper int- introduction. Emmy award-winning TV host, journalist, author, philanthropist. Um, she hosts, um, obviously, the Tamron Hall Show. I don't know how they came up with the name of that show. And, of course, um, she, she hosts Deadline, Crime with Tamron Hall. Uh, I have to say that you are absolutely an incredible talent. A great mom. You know, I, I saw all those interviews with Moses talking about how great you are. And you're already getting him together to, to know how to say wonderful things about you. And so I just want to say that I do know. Well, listen, okay. Well, let me stop you here, buddy. First okay. of all, you gave me this long introduction. You did not say my friend that I've known for 30 years. You didn't say that because you probably don't want people to know you're over 30. I get it. You didn't mention that. No. And, no. and yes. if I'm a great mom, because I happen to be around a great mom in Alfreda's, and I'm going to give you this, a great dad in uh, I've known your children yes. since they were born, yes. and I want to raise beautiful human beings. And so there Thank you, you have it. That'll be the only nice thing I'd say to you. Okay, so long. now that we got all that out the way, so uh, listen, yes. I do want to talk to you about this show because um, yes. I, I love you. I, I love you on, on your other shows. Um, this one is different. Um, and we're talking about someone they knew with Tamron Hall, uh, which uh, comes on Sunday, March 6th on Court TV. This is different. Can you tell everybody why this is different from the other shows? It, it, it is a, you know, you've known me since I was a reporter in Dallas, Fort Worth, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people now know me as a talk show host, but my, my, my roots, if you will, are in reporting. And for six seasons, I did a show that you mentioned called Deadline Crime, which covered cases across the country of all different kinds of, of, uh, of storylines, if mm-hmm. you will, affecting real people, real families. And Court TV approached me about a year ago with this show, which goes in on a specific type of crime, and that involves people the victims knew. And I was so pulled in by that, Russ, mm-hmm. because at any point, you know, we've all run into people who weren't honest or who lied or who we thought were something they turned out to be different. In these cases, the victim thought they knew the person, mm. and they turned out to be in the midst of a murderer, right? And so, mm. so it's a compelling thing when you think about letting your guard down, becoming vulnerable, mm-hmm. and what, as a result, can happen when you do that. And, and so the show is not meant to make people trustful or afraid, mm-hmm. but it is to show what greed and deceit can do to people. And what it can make them do to others. I like the fact that the show is kind of different, just a kind of different presentation, right? Right. It is. And, I, and that's why it's so unique. It's not me sitting in the room asking someone, well, what happened next? Or what? 
it's us telling the story through the court TV database of archives. They have every interrogation, every video, every interview, all of it. And so you hear from, yes, the family members, but you also hear from the detectives. You also see, in some of the cases, the actual interrogation mm-hmm. of when the, the, the crime falls apart, right? When the person becomes exposed. So it's such an interesting way to present the story. But at the core of it, I think it hits to your soul because it is always someone they knew. And you know what? I, I, I do want to say this. You know, I haven't known you for like decades. Um, you know, I, I know your backstory. I, I know that um, you, lost, you had a sister that was killed. And, I, you know, I'm just looking on here and I'm like, I had no idea you still have not found out who did it. Um, yeah. that, wow. That's devastating. It is. You know, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and the reality of it is, is that, you know, just a few days after my sister was found murdered in her home, the detective, the lead detective said to me and other family members, we know who did it. We don't have enough evidence to prove it. Wow. And so, you know, so we watch like Law and Order and these shows, these mm-hmm. dramatizations, and it makes it seem like, oh, getting a conviction is easy. Think about this. Amart Arbery was killed on tape and people still held their breath wondering Which, if we would get a conviction. Yeah, you know, isn't that something? George Floyd was killed on tape and we were wondering yeah. if we would get a conviction. And, and so, and, and, and in one instance, it was police officer, oh, it was just people on the street who did it with Ahmaud Arbery. So you can't even say, well, you know, it's because it's hard to convict police. We saw with Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. they're wondering if we were going to see that. So these are things that are caught on hate mm-hmm. and our hearts. And so, so with my sister's case, this is, you know, she's not a celebrity. At the time, right. I was just starting out. There was yeah. an overwhelming ground of pressure. Yeah. The detective said, we just don't think we'd be able to get the DA to bring this case to a jury. I hope I'm not crossing a line, but do you feel like doing shows like these are somewhat therapeutic for you? I think it's more of a perspective, right? It's not, it's not, it's, it's yes. For me, anytime that I can bring the voice of others to the forefront and, and use my platform, it's empowering, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it is, it is, it's purposeful. You know, it makes me feel I have a purpose in doing this. Um, but it's also a reminder, honestly, that crime is not this faraway place. And mm. and it is not just in that neighborhood or those people. It takes on many, many forms. It really does. And, you know, I almost think of this show like you're providing a public service for so many people that have gone through this. I'm happy to do this show, and I find it to be compelling and interesting. And I also, though, really more important than anything, it reminds us, but for the grace of God, there go mm-hmm. I. Well, Tamron, I just want to say that, and, and, I, and I mean this, I know we kid and we, we say cruel things to each other. I absolutely think you're wonderful. And I, I, I just, I, no, you just do such an incredible job. And you know what the, the big thing for me, because I know I got to wrap this up, but watching you on TV, I, I try to escape and say, like, I don't know you and try to watch you from that perspective. And what you give to people is comfort. And that's what we want when we watch somebody that we, we, we number one, I'm going to get intelligence. I know I'm going to be informed, but more importantly, I get comfort. And, you know, you oh, doing wow. this show, it's, it's like important because I know it's going to be a great show and I know it's going to be delivered properly. So I just want to say hats off to you. Um, it's, it's Sunday, March 6th, y'all, Court TV, someone they knew with Tamron Hall, my friend. 
and Alfreda's best friend. <laughs> the world that you had, and as you know, I have such deep respect for you from directing, Thank radio, you. TV, film. I mean, you you offered myself uh, and and of course Alfreda a template on how to um, expand your brand Absolutely. and how to use your platform Thank and you. not be put so thank you for that guidance and that blueprint and i will give moses your love absolutely love you girl you take care okay tamron hall y'all make sure you check out her show coming up next we're going to be talking to the directors of genius yes that documentary uh with kanye west so stay right there we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back welcome back to the russ podcast and uh yes coming up next we're gonna be talking to cootie and ck Okay, you're saying who those guys? Those guys are the guys that um, basically directed this incredible documentary on Kanye West. It's called Genius. And without further ado, let's go right to these phones. On the phone line right now, uh, we have um, director, comedian, Cootie, and of course, director, writer, producer, all of that, CK. And of course, they're the guys behind the, one of the most incredible documentaries I've been watching on Netflix ever. And it's called Genius. It's about Kanye West. Uh, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Man, great, right? Morning, rising. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm great. I have to tell you, I am extremely impressed with this documentary. I know you've won awards, but it's compelling. It is interesting. First question I have for both of y'all, how many years did it take for you guys to get to this point with this documentary? Uh, 21, pretty much 21 years. <laughs> it, it, it took, you know, from from the conception of like, okay, I'm gonna film this dude Kanye, to um, you know, to now. So it's yeah, to us, you know, partner with time and you know, uh, getting a deal with Netflix is you know, everything happens in God's time, and we are definitely excited mm-hmm. and happy that it's that it's out. 21 years ago, did you have any idea that you would be <laughs> filming this for 21 years? Did you did you think about that at that time? No, I, I really was filming up until he won his first Grammy because I'm like, okay, he's going to win Grammys. And I'm going to document him because I've seen Hoop Dreams. So I'm like, I'm going to do the Hoop Dreams and, and see. And I know he's going to win, though. I just knew. You know, it wasn't no doubt in my mind that he was not going to win. So I think with that type of belief, and that's what this film is for, the dreamers understand if you if you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. So that's, that's what mm-hmm. we have with, with the doc, that everybody's genius is like Kanye or me or Chike or, you know, if everybody has a genius, you just got to discover it and, and you can't, you got to move with no fear. Yeah. You know, Kanye's a type A personality. That's pretty obvious. Did he kind of control the narrative or he just say man just do your thing no god god was really you know we always say jesus direct and and god mm-hmm. writes our story so you know it was everything was just organically happening throughout this whole journey and you know looking back and watching this like even the art direction i'm like oh god god killed the art direction we look at this as a film not as a, as a documentary so and and we right. look at it as film. Only person that you can, only only entity or energy that you could even think of is, is God that that made this all happen. The difficulties in shooting a film. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play. People not wanting to be on camera. 
uh, getting clearances and the whole nine. You guys are literally walking down the hallways of Rockefeller. I mean, it's basically as uninvited guests. Is <laughs> did, did you run into any major problems, man, during the course of these 21 years? No, I think I think really, too, we inspired a lot of people, you know. Oh, absolutely. For doing it because they just wasn't used to cameras like that. And then here we are just with the camera and, and recording everything. And, and next thing we look up, everybody would start recording. And, you know, to the point how we were doing it. You know, of course, from, you know, name mm-hmm. Daisy have cameras on them. But we right. were like a day-to-day moving around, so... You know, one of the things that this film has done is inspired so many people that have been rejected time and time again. Were you feeling the pain, his pain, when you were shooting this? I mean, you you were witnessing it through a lens. Did you feel that pain? No, because it wasn't no. I mean, it's like when you when you really believe, then you, you then you just you looking at them like crazy did not like you hurting it's like oh man how y'all don't even y'all don't see this so we look at more like mm. that but we also we we had a lot of belief in what we were doing and then and it was going to come to fruition when you have that it, it's, it's easy to move and a lot of trust in god too so mm-hmm. it's like that right there you move like i say with no fear you 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 know and so i wasn't feeling we was i was just happy to be in Dev jam you know, right. I'm happy that yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, y'all hear this song? All falls down. Okay, you know, I th- I think they knew, but like I said, we we you know we were a little aggressive, and we <laughs> we wasn't. You know, we was just moving in, in faith. At one point, I noticed that you said, "Well, listen, we've just kind of haven't been talking," and you went back to saying, oh, "Okay, I got to do something with myself and my career." Uh, what was that point? Was it was there like a slight uh, disagreement as far as Jesus walks video, or was there one thing that just said, "Okay, uh, he's 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 chilling on us right now"? I mean, it was a, it was a couple of things, and TK, you can add on to it. I know I've been talking a lot, but it's a, it's a couple of couple of you know creative things that we might have clashed on, through, even doing through the wire. Um, but then too, he wanted to work with other directors, which. You know, when you think about it, it makes sense for somebody like a Kanye who, you know, had his dreams. Okay, when I get here, I'm, I'm going to work with Hype Williams. Or, you know, just that, you know. Right. Most hip-hop artists want to work with Hype Williams because once you do that, it's like, you know, you go to the, another level. But I felt yeah. like he should have kept working with us, you know. Um, but Well, well yeah, CK, how did you feel about it at that, at that time? I mean, it's like, did were you able to get to him? I mean, no, you know, it was we we were grateful for the for the work that we were able to do together with Kanye, and you know, our careers wasn't predicated on just do, limited to just doing stuff with Kanye. So it'd have been amazing if we could have been like the Brian Barber with Outkast kind of, you know, uh, team with Kanye, which was at one point envisioned. But when it didn't happen that way, that didn't stop Cootie and I. If anything, it brought you know. The amazing thing about Kanye is it brought Kuhi and I together as a creative duo, and we've been mm. able to go on and do so many creative things together collectively. So nice. I, I got to ask you did did Kanye authorize this film? I mean, he authorized it the, the day I started filming him. <laughs> yeah, but I said yay. 
I'm gonna start filming. I'm gonna document you, man. We gonna we gonna document you to win these Grammys. That was that was that was that's when it started. Well, you know, uh, we know Cootie was a stand-up comic. CK, were you just like a filmmaker? Uh, what was your expertise yeah, like, at the time? I was uh, I was at MTV. I was a, I finished from Savannah College of Art and Design and Motion Graphics. So I was doing packaging at MTV. Mm. I packaged the different shows to give them like a look and aesthetic. And uh, but I was doing that all in efforts to do music videos. So my goal was to you know reinvent music videos specifically in hip hop bring something to the game a lot of videos were doing the same thing and uh and I just had high I just had um a passion for wanting to just change the game in music videos which through the wires is a great example of like the impact that you know we were looking to achieve in, in music videos and um and so yeah my sights were set on directing not so much I didn't really ever see myself doing docs or films that really came in with Cootie but uh, yeah. music was what where my passion lies. I think one of the, the most powerful things for me was watching his mom, Donda, and her effect on her son. And, you know, it, it, it to me, you know, to see that relationship. And, you know, I, I, I lost my mom when I, when I was young. And so I know, I know that pain. Um, and, and obviously uh, Kanye watching you you guys had documented her and I, I got so close to Donda watching this this film and how you guys captured her and how she could actually flow you know and I'm like I was like wait a minute mm-hmm. she's putting it down um do you do you feel that was just like a major turning point for him in in his music and in his life you know obviously he's affected by the loss of his mom but it changed him in so many ways. Did you watch that transformation? Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I, and speaking, like I was bringing my relationship with my with my mom because I have a mom that's very similar to like Kanye's mom in the sense of their roles that they played in our in, in our lives, and they're they're beyond normal, they're beyond average type of roles, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you can relate even more to Kanye because I, I can, my relation only goes so far because I still have my my mom. I can only right. imagine even at this minute now what that would do to my psychology, my psyche if I were to lose her. So imagine mm-hmm. as a young as a younger person, and and I don't know the past that threshold, but but you can relate to past that threshold. So you can let yeah. everybody know, like man, it, it is a blow, and it's hard to recover from that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, G- GLC, GLC said in one song, "Lost my mama, lost my mind." Yeah, mm. said that in uh, with this slow, slow, um, ride slow, drive. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know when you see all the stuff going on with Kanye now, and I, and I know that you guys got a little, you got a roll, but when you see all the stuff going on with Kanye right now and the struggles that he is having, I mean, let's just let's just be real. Um, and maybe you disagree with me. You can. But I, I I feel bad for him, and after watching this, I feel even more bad because I watched him, I watched him take no after no, and and the rejection. He still had his dream. This wasn't manufactured for a beautiful movie. This is what this guy lived, and this is what's so powerful about you guys' work. You capture that uh, so expertly. Um, but the changes in him now, and watching what he's going through right now. You can't reach him, can you? I mean, is there 
is there anything that you can do? Because to me, there's part five, there's part six of what's going on with this man. Yeah, I, th- I think when one thing I, I'm for sure of is that God got him, that, that, that Christ Jesus has his back, because you got to realize he came out with Jesus' walk. And every situation that happened to him, I've seen him overcome it. Even even like later, you know, and I ain't going to give up three, but even being around him, you know, during the during presidency and everything that was going on, it was times where I'm like, I really understood that God got him. I'm like, man, I, yeah. you know, where I was, what I would be super worried about him. A lot of times, when definitely when he walked off the stage, the St. Pablo tour, mm-hmm. I was seriously worried. But but every time God gave me assurance that he, that he's going to be all right, no matter what. So, and I, I feel like that that when you got that type of protection, it, it's easy to see, you know. So I'm I'm not, you know, I. I, I feel for him, but I but I'm not worried yeah. like that. I've just seen it happen so many times before that God got us back. Yeah, part three comes out this week, correct? Yep, Wednesday. Yep. Okay, on Netflix. Let me just tell you guys, this is a movie you have to see. Uh, Cootie and Sink, uh, 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 CK. I I just want to tell you, I think you guys are brilliant. Um, uh, everything that you've garnished from this man is, is well deserved. This is a, your dedicated filmmakers, and I got massive respect for you, massive respect for Kanye, even more so now. So I appreciate you taking the time and and sharing uh, your journey with with Kanye. It's genius on Netflix, man. Y'all got to check it out. If you haven't, if you haven't binge watched this thing, man, I'm telling you, it's not going to be enough for you. You're going to want more, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, so much. Thank you. All right. Take care now. We're going to take a quick break. Yes, uh, make sure you guys, if you have not watched Genius, no matter what you feel about Kanye and, and so on and so forth, you can see what drives him. And I think for every young person out there, if they get an opportunity, they need to watch that because this man never, never really understood the word no. He just kept plowing away and plowing away. It's very inspirational documentary and at the same time, very fascinating. It really is. So y'all just make sure you guys check that out. All right, I'm going to take a break. Coming up next, I got a rant. You don't want to miss it. All right, y'all, it's time to do my rant. You know, watching the developments in Ukraine has the whole world horrified. We're watching children, innocent people, civilians being attacked. It isn't by accident. It's by design. The ruthlessness of Vladimir Putin goes beyond what anybody could imagine. What has been horrific is knowing that some people that have a very conservative political belief supported this man in the beginning. And now they're seeing the slaughter of many innocent people. And now they have to back up and go, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't right. That's very painful. Even more painful is watching innocent people of African descent on the Polish border trying to escape Ukraine as refugees and being denied. So there it is. Global racism, it exists. I thought it just really was bad in the United States. And this isn't applicable to all of you. This is only applicable to who it applies to. 
And it makes me want to ask a question. Ask yourself, why is it that you don't like me? What did I do to you? As opposed to what have I done for you? You get little or no pushback when I go for a loan and I don't get it because of the color of my skin. You get little or no pushback when I'm up for a promotion and you find everything possibly wrong with me, but someone less than me that doesn't have my same hue gets a promotion. Why don't you like me? I'm viewed as less than a human. Yes, you hide it, but I can feel it. I've grown up with it. We're hunted in the streets by racists, neo-Nazis, police officers. We're labeled as lazy. Oh, they don't want to work. They're all on welfare. You want to erase our history because you're uncomfortable? We're doctors. We're lawyers. We're scientists. Yes, you have disdain for us. Why? What did I do to you? should ask yourself, what have I done for you? You've had generational wealth, which precipitated a global arrogance. Okay, you're struggling now, but your ancestors had money because they had free labor. We did so much. Hundreds of years of free labor. You got to ask yourself, why don't you like me? I can hear you. Oh, Rush, you guys love being victims. Folks like me have been victorious based on the opposition that we've had to endure our entire lives. It's not about victimhood. It's about victory. It's about acceptance. It's about an equal playing field. Why do you fear me? But we can go back to the border of Poland and people of African descent trying to board trains because they're refugees and they can be denied because of their skin color. You know it. And I know it. Ask yourself, why do you hate me? Why don't you like me? You should be loving me. That's my rant. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode of the Russ Podcast. Make sure you join me next week. New shows every Monday. Wherever you can hear a podcast, we will be there. It's the Russ Podcast. Hey, leave your comments. Leave your notes. Let us know what you don't like and what you do like. Because I ain't changing nothing but I'm going to keep doing what I do. Anyway, I really appreciate y'all tuning in and listening. All right, holla at us next week.